LeVar is starting a league here. Okay. And it's going to basically be for guys. They can either go to go play D1 uh-huh. or they can come to this league and get paid. Mm. And so he's going to start that in-between league. And, but what he's doing I, – I like what he said where he's like, for some of these guys that just want to play, yeah. we're going we're gonna to pay them. And we're also going to put people in place to equip them to understand how to use money. Yeah. If you're getting paid seven grand a month mm-hmm. and you're spending seven grand a month, oh, the yeah. season ends at some point oh, yeah. and you're not getting paid. Yeah. So what would it look like to live on two grand a month? Save. Yeah. And so it was it was really like I thought that was really cool. But I don't know how it's gonna compete with or how it's gonna compare with like if you were if you were a top level recruit, are you going to go play at Kansas, Kentucky, yeah. or are you going to go play in Levar Ball's league? Yeah, here's the thing, man. So uh, did I tell you about that book, Black Privilege, that I read, the Charlemagne yep. the God book? So he talks about the importance of working for free, mm. and uh, I mean, I think that's so important. You know, when I first went to college, first of all, I didn't know if I was going to get in, so that was huge. I mean, coming from you know, I was getting looked at by you know, Michigan, Purdue, all these big places. And then, you know, we got through the grades test, and they're like, look, man, we can't take you. You're dumb, you know? <laughs> and it was, well, at least uh, regular school-wise, Damn. you're dumb, dude. And so I was like, okay, well, let me just see what I can get. And when I finally got to Illinois State, you know, I was, I was so happy to be there and so happy just to have the opportunity to, pr- to play that, I, that I, I never even thought about um, our scholarships being smaller or not receiving X amount. You know, the, the Big Ten players would get like $1,500 a month for a stipend and we got like 800 or 900 bucks i was having a blast with that 800 or 900 yeah, bucks yeah. man it was, it's just like cash money yeah it, well the thing is uh, i was appreciative of the opportunity to play and to go to college man yeah yeah this was something i wasn't used to seeing you know and so i think we're we're hypnotizing these guys to think that okay if you work you must get paid Eh. yes and no yes um if a man does a job, you pay the man. But um, currency, uh, money, greenbacks aren't the, aren't the only currency we have in this world. Yeah. Uh, you can pay a guy with experience. You can pay a guy with you know a referral. All types of stuff, man. Yep. It, it's crazy. So the whole like you know come here and make money thing, it's nothing compared to hey come here and get some quality experience and get attached to a coach and a group of guys who may go on to the NFL and keep you relevant. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I'll cut my rant off here. So, as far as staying relevant, the head coach of the Chicago Bears, I think Matt Nady is his name. Mm. Um, so, he played indoor football, okay, just like me and a bunch of other guys that uh, that made it to the pros. And uh, so, he's in the AFL. He got cut a few times um, and then ended up giving it up like a lot of us do. And he went on to real estate, so sales. Um, but his roommate uh, – became a coach with the Carolina Panthers. And so uh, because Matt was relevant with this guy, and I may be kind of maybe tweaking the – maybe the guy wasn't a coach. Maybe he might have been a player or someone in upper management. But anyways, he would ask uh, Matt to come out and um, interim coach during training training camp, right? Like what a great opportunity. I'm, yeah. I'm selling houses. Um, you like football. I like football. Man, you were a pretty awesome player. Come out and just help out during training camp. I'm not going to pay you. But you get to be around these, you know, Greek gods yeah. playing ball. Fast forward, you know, X amount of years later, this guy's a head coach of the Chicago Bears. You know, he was he was able to to build up that confidence within himself, and then, uh, you know, you know how it is trying to have your wife believe in you and yep. and just see the value in what you're doing. So she saw like, hey, you know, 
you started here. You started interim coaching with the NFL and this and that, and you got an offensive coordinator job with the Chiefs, and now you've got this opportunity to go to Chicago. That's because you paid your dues, man. You weren't yeah. getting paid, but, it's, but you were getting paid. Yeah. You know, so I think guys need to really pay attention to that concept rather than give me money for shooting hoops. Like, dude, come on. Yeah. That's, a, that's entitlement. That's what that is. Man, that's yeah. good. Yeah, that's you just might my have opinion. just like in, in two minutes changed my whole view on people getting paid D1. <sighs> Dude, I mean, it's it's weird. And I never thought about it. Like, as a kid growing up, yeah. you know, the goal was always, you know, if you're an athlete, you wanted to go play in college. Yeah. And that was never a thought. Like, in my brain, it's just like, holy cow, you're telling me that I get to play in front of all these people and, like, continue this dream? So it never made – it never – it was never something I thought about. And then and then now, once the conversation started, I started to feel bad for people. Right? Yeah. I'm just like, oh, man, this guy, he can't make money on his own name, things like that. But, man, that's like, I like that perspective. Okay. So let me let me, uh, let me me ask you this question. So let's try – let's just connect two worlds. So uh, you're a pastor, right? Mm-hmm. So um, when you were uh, – when you first became a junior pastor um, – and you know, um, who, who, whoever you were, uh, whoever you had your apprenticeship with, said, "Hey, uh, I'm going to give you one sermon a month um, to preach to our people." Um, did you immediately go, "Okay, how much am I going to get paid for that?" Yeah, I was just, I was trying to sign a contract immediately. You, no, you were? No, <laughs> no. no was not like, at all, man. Like, hey, I was just grateful it. for the opportunity. Grateful for the opportunity, right? Yeah. Because you were getting paid something. I mean, yeah, the the experience, man, the the ease and the comfort. I mean, dude, those things are what's are what's really going to pay you. Yeah, you know, I mean, hundred percent. And so, guys, need to think about it that way. You know, let's get your sea legs, man. First, I mean, I, I'm not denying that you're, that you're a great ball player, or that you know you won't be the best ever. I'm not saying you won't be the best ever, but uh, man, dude, just be humble and when you get paid, man. It, just don't think about money always. Yeah. You know, like you gotta get pay your dues. Yeah, that's all you gotta do, man. Pay your dues. Man, that's good. I like that because that's that's kind of been a lot of my life. It's just I don't know. I just had it. I never. I guess now that I'm at a certain point in life, I'm looking back. Yeah. And saying always, always. But I, I looking like when I was growing up, like even when I first started working in Design Works, mm-hmm. like you know, my dad owns a company. The yeah. path is for me to be the CEO, but I was, yeah. it was never. It's never been about money, right? For me, it's just like how do I learn? How do I get better? What and is so my craft? Yeah, and right? teaching, like getting a teacher, being in front of people, like every time is just a gift. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can't fail. Oh, you God. can only get better. Yes, and so you just keep, you just keep moving. That's, I mean, that's really honestly the reason we started this podcast. Like, yeah. the first time we hit play, yeah, we had no idea what was about to happen. Uh, and we just, we just let it roll. I still don't know what's about to happen, right? No. <laughs> So and we talked about that last time, man. Like yeah. you know that whole uh, that whole self fulfilling prophecy that uh, life kind of tricks us and uh, uh, micromanaging ourselves into is just it's so I won't say wrong because I don't know, but it's just it's not healthy. Yeah, you know, like it's okay for you not to know where you're gonna where you're gonna be. Yeah, you know, tomorrow. But I mean, obviously, try your best, follow your heart. Don't be an idiot and you know spend all your cash in yeah. one day. But just you know, like. Embrace not knowing because that's really what life is. Yeah, it's like if someone just like you know uh, gave you like wrote down like, hey man, you're gonna die this day uh, by this person's hand or you're gonna be terminally ill with this illness. Like, dude, your life is over yeah. when you read that deal. Yeah, you know. But like the fact that we don't know, you know, when the ball's gonna drop, no. when the fat lady's gonna sing, is just what puts us on edge to be like, okay, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, I gotta yeah. do this, and it just makes it so exciting. Yeah, you know, so because you get perspective too. Like, we always talk about living with the end in mind. Yeah, like yeah. I, I would rather 
Well, to some degree, brother, be more concerned about what people, the lives I've impacted. Okay. Versus like at my funeral, then be like, man, he was so good at business. Or yeah. I, I would rather, you know, the focus on like the everyday and not getting too caught up in, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I, I, I mean, my life is over the day I find out. My death. Like, yeah. like, hey, you're going to die in seven years. I'm like, well, because I'm partying for seven years. Yeah. I'm going to lose all perspective. Dude, I'll share something really crazy with you. Um, so when I was in college, uh, I spoke to a psychic. And it it freaked me out. Because, um, and this is almost like crazy, like almost like, uh, I don't want to get too much into scripture while we're, <laughs> while we're on the air. But Let it roll. it's almost like, uh, you know, Exodus when uh, the, the magicians versus uh, Moses and his staff and the Pharaoh's like, hey, show me this. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's easy. It's by the power of Ra, this and that and the other. And just like, man, all that stuff can be duplicated. Yeah. You know, like, you know, both sides can get blessings because remember, one's a fallen angel. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's yeah, just beware, right? And so uh, that's something I had to realize early on, but it didn't come to fruition, that thought. And so uh, a great mentor of, me, uh, of mine told me, you know, about, uh, you know, how psychics can leverage that, you know, if you want to buy into that. <laughs> but anyways, I spoke to the psychic, and I won't mention her name, but she's a real cool lady, and she's still a friend to this day. Uh, but it's just I don't use her in that way. Um, but she told me about a series of events uh, that led all the way up and through my time here in Wichita Falls. <laughs> and it is crazy. So, yes, dead serious. And uh, it was, it's been wild ever since. But... Obviously, she was off uh, by a few things, and uh, a part of that is, you know, my own vibrations just, like, believing that and then making them come into fruition anyways. But, oh, man, dude, when she told me the outcomes of uh, of a certain things that I want to, to, you know, make happen, um, so some things I wanted to believe, and I think she might have been granting me those beliefs and maybe not being totally honest, but... Dude, a part of me like died when I knew the ending. Well, not the ending, but like you yeah, know, yeah. she only went up, up up by like two years, two or three years. I okay. think in my life, so she didn't. I don't know anything past. So right now, I'm I'm, I'm naked. You know, I, I'm going forward, and I'm so glad that you know the Lord protected me that way. Yeah, you know, but uh, yeah. So that time's gone and passed from when when the, all the events and all the stuff has happened. But it's just like now I'm on the other side yeah. of those events. Do you think some of it is like? When you put something in front of somebody and they believe it and it yeah. wills into existence. Oh yes, you know. Yeah, it's like you know, like how you have to write things down and you speak them. You you know, you speak uh, life into it and all types of stuff, man. It's it's crazy. It's a crazy concept, but we'd be foolish to think that uh, everything that's superficial and tangible is all there is to it. But um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, like where I'm coming from with the whole uh, conversation is, dude. Once you kind of know the future, it is. Yeah. It kind of sucks because yeah. you get used, you get excited about it for a little bit, then you then you get used to it, and then it's like, okay, now what? <laughs> you know, seriously. And there's no now what when you know the end. I, yeah, that's, that's just terrifying. <laughs> yeah, that's it's like yeah. I can't even fathom that. It's like watching a movie. Yeah, 
But you've already seen the ending. Oh God! And you're just like you're the whole movie. You're just like, oh, yeah. he's definitely not gonna die yeah. because he's in the last scene. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that's like the worst for me. Yeah. Or like when you read the book and then you go see the movie. Yeah, I don't read books. So. Oh yeah. So I listen to books too. <laughs> I listen. Back. We're the we're the the new generation. We're gonna change this world for the better because we don't read. Yeah. I can't, I can't even read. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. What's this it's, beer say? <laughs> it's yeah. It's so funny. Like I'll be in front of people, like either doing teaching or whatever, and I'll try to memorize everything I have to read because I'll just get up there and I'll just be like, oh man, that's a weird word. Because uh, you can't get around it. Or if I don't know the word real well or I'm not confident, you just trail off. Yeah. You should be like, and then God, and then you just keep going, and no one, no one questions it. They're reading along with you. It's like, oh, his mic must have cut out. His mic must have cut out. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. His mic keeps cutting out on that same word. The same word. Oh my God, I get so bad. You know what? I don't even like trust reading anymore because I actually got caught with my pants down a few weeks ago at the office. Actually, no, my wife caught it at home, and so I read. I wear, um, I wear a lapel pin. On my suit, you guys saw my, my mm-hmm. lapel pen, and so um, I used to call it a lapel pen, and because I read it that way, you know, uh, yeah. you know, uh, uh, an upstanding gentleman should always have some type of a uh, lapel pen, or uh, should always have a flower attached to the the lapel of his of his suit, and uh, and I'm walking around the house, I'm like, babe, where the hell's my lapel? Like, <laughs> she goes, lapel, Rick, you mean lapel? <laughs> And I'm like, look. Did you try to play it off? No, no. I, 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 I'm so stubborn. I stuck with it. I was like, it's called lapel. I know, okay? I got a bachelor's <laughs> degree. I got three finance licenses. Look, I know what I'm talking about. I read this. And, she, and just like, and, and so the, the cool thing about uh, our generation is she just goes, uh, she goes, hey, Google, <laughs> pronounce lapel. And then, or, or, yeah, or, yes, pronounce lapel. And it just goes, lapel. Something such and such and such. And I'm yeah. like, it's just, she can butcher anything you know, yeah. if you tell her. And then I go to then I go to, to the office and I go, hey, Ted, what's this thing called right here? And he goes, you, you mean your lapel, Rick? And I go, oh, damn. So now I'm realizing, okay, I'm wrong. <laughs> I got to go home and tell her she's right. Yeah. Damn. Which and, is the best. Yeah, which best is part awesome. Of I love that. I cannot wait to, yeah, it's great. But, uh. Yeah, man. So I don't. I have trust issues with reading now. Hey, so. <laughs> you are hundred percent speaking my language. Yeah. I, every day I'm asked Jared anything with like grammar or anything. I'm just like, hey, man, how do you spell this? And he's just like, it's four letters. It's four <laughs> letters. Yeah. That's the. I'll, I'll Google it. I'll that Google says it. bye. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Is that by byde? Doesn't matter. No. So what? So I think the. Uh, the best solution for this is probably for them to make an audio version of Hooked on Phonics. And I think we'd be okay. Done. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. I'm yeah. serious. Like, I, I joke about it all the time. I just don't. Part of it's being a millennial. Part of it's being lazy for me. Which but, is what being a millennial is, right? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's pretty fair. But I, I just, like, I want to be multi. I like to multitask some degree, which is a myth. I don't think you can really truly multitask. I agree. I agree. But I like to be able to go run, walk. Uh, work up here and like listen like mm-hmm. long rides I can listen to a book and yeah. I, I feel like for some reason I've always called it ADD I don't know if I am or not but I just I feel like I, I, I that's absorb a myth. more I, I, maybe I just want to believe it's a myth ADD I, I would I wouldn't disagree there's a lot of reason why there's a lot of benefit to ADD being real yeah but I just think the brain's so damn powerful that you can call a lot of stuff that we don't know about it just a syndrome or disorder yeah. which I like to do 
Yeah. Makes me feel more normal. Like, yeah. Oh, it's ADD. That's why I'm not it's listening ADD. to you. Or what about, okay, so I'm, uh, I'm wondering, so what's, what's the phrase or the term for when you're thinking of a song and you start singing it and you turn on the radio and that song is playing? Have you guys ever done that? Yeah. So what the hell do they call that? Man, I've had That's I've had brain. I've had at least three to five people tell me like their story. Yeah. And in their story, there's numerous times where that happens. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know. I don't know. That's so, just the way that God uses. That's that's like a 100% brain thing. Yeah, from God, gift, part of our uh, biology, anatomy, all that good stuff. But like, what's the name of it? Is that what what disorder is that? I haven't. Yeah. You know, and like, what else is there that you know the brain's capable of that? We can't just like yeah, we have touch yet. or prove. Yeah, I'm not yeah. even smart to read, so I can't even <laughs> I can't even comprehend that. I can't even spell read, man. <laughs> man, my favorite part about you being on the podcast is that we're like 17 minutes in, and I haven't even introduced you or anything because like it's just the oh, most. This is the snap. most. No, this is perfect. We'll go back and do it on the front end, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. this is the most natural thing ever. Yeah. Like having a conversation with you, is, like you it's come crazy. across. Uh, so if you want, I just got a big ass mouth. T- tell man. the no, dude. Please keep rolling, dude. Please tell the people a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Whatever you want them to know. So this is like it just went real formal. So no, no, it's gonna you can, you can branch out. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my name is Rick Simpson. I'm a 26 year old African American male here in Wichita Falls, Texas. So I hail from Chicago, Illinois. Um, I was born on the South Side, 76 and Hoyne to Talia and Leroy Simpson. So I guess something about me, I'll try to keep it real short and sweet. Um, I grew up thinking that I would be a pro ball player, and I actually did pretty well at playing ball. I played ball for 14 years of my life. Um, You know, part of the, I guess, the small percentage of people who have the privilege of accepting a Division I scholarship. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, getting knocked on my ass and not making it to the NFL, you know, and falling into that sunken place. That, that was a get out reference, right? And then uh and then I didn't catch it. But the cool thing is is like that sunken place was like here in Wichita Falls. Mm. But it's but it's like uh man, Wichita Falls is what helped me get out of that sunken place. It's crazy. So it, it was like this place has like two roles for me. It's like this place where I was like so depressed and just ready to get out, and it's like the the place that just lifted me to where I am today. And so, um, played for the Nighthawks here in town uh, under Drew Carnes. He was the owner. Uh, went off to the to the uh, uh, Spokane Shock, which was uh, the, an AFL team originally. Hmm. They used me for about three weeks, you know. Then they cut me during a yoga session. Uh, actually, like in the middle of it. Yeah, man, it was, dude. So. And I'll get into like my cut stories, maybe another time. Yoga's but, um, supposed to be chill. Yeah, yoga's real. Chill. It was after a game, man. I, and uh, you know, I had one of the only sacks that game. I had a forced fumble that game. It was on ESPN. You know, I did really well that game. But it's just like in, in pro ball, basketball, baseball, they just usually they get you out, man. Yeah. So I mean, my time had ended. So uh, the the Seahawks had just ended their uh, rookie mini camp or veteran mini camp, and one of the guys who got cut was on the radar and he agreed to come play in Spokane. And so 
low man rookie on a totem pole just gets kicked out of town. They don't care how much potential you got. They'll tell you how much potential you have when when they sign you, and then they'll they'll tell you even more once you actually uh, produce. Mm. But if there's a guy who's been doing it for longer than you, and he's got a little bit more gas in his tank, you're out of there. They don't care because they want right now money, right? So uh, you know, got got a uh, got cut, came back, and so the people here in Wichita Falls, what people don't know is, so in the AFL. It's a, it's pretty much a, it's a low budget league. I mean, they play on ESPN, and you fly Southwest everywhere, and they'll hook you up with a nice hotel while you're in town. <clears throat> but when you have to fly out, either your agent has to fly you out, or you have to fly yourself out when you get cut. And so my agent, uh, Mark, shout out to Martin Prince, uh, Martin. I love you if you ever hear this, man. He's awesome. He took a chance on me too when no one else would. But uh, Martin couldn't uh, pay for me to to fly out of Spokane. And I, I mean, cause maybe cause Martin just helps a lot of people out. Yeah. But, uh, the people of Wichita falls reached out to me. I, I won't say any names, but people who's brick and mortar, people who's home, whose ID say Wichita County flew me from Spokane and said, Hey, we want to have you back here. And it wasn't Drew. And I love Drew. I have coffee with Drew every single Saturday. Drew's a brother to me. Drew's one of the only men uh, out here I actually say I love you to. Cool. You know, after we have a conversation. And it wasn't him. You know? Like, it was just people, man. And they brought me back out here. And I said, whoa. They just put some skin in the game. And so that was, like, the beginning of, like, this place, like, pulling me out. Like, come on back up, man. Like, it's all right. I know you got knocked on your ass, man. Br- you know, brush that off and, you know, just come hang out with us. Just see how it is. And so I was like, okay, let me give it a shot. And so um, got back here, played for a little bit. <clears throat> the Nighthawks went through a bunch of changes. Uh, new coach came in, didn't really see eye to eye with them. Um, so I decided not to play. And then uh, by the grace of God, I'm, I'm laying in bed. I think it was like 11 or eleven o'clock or midnight. And Martin calls me. And uh, I wish I could record some of the phone calls with my agent, man. So um, he goes, hey, Rick, man, are, are you in shape? And uh, am I allowed to cuss on here? Or is this like yes, PG-13? Okay. So I'm like, hey, hey, Martin, man, go fuck yourself. You, you know I'm in shape, man. This is what I do. And so uh, he goes, hey, man, uh, congratulations. You're a Montreal Alouette. I'm like, whoa, I haven't signed anything yet, Martin. Trying to be all, uh, you know, snooze like I got options. I got no damn <laughs> options. You know, it's crazy. So he's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. So I got the uh, the contract in, in your email and all this and that. And, dude, so, yeah. I still have the contract on me right now. Uh, I'll never delete that email. Uh, yeah, they wanted to sign me for a whopping $52,000. So I took it, man, because yeah. it was great. And n- not to stray too far from that, but uh, beforehand, before all of this, when I first got to Wichita Falls, I had a job within a week. Okay, so Bruce Harris, uh, yeah. who's an attorney here in town, yeah. uh, he let me work for him for 200 bucks a week. And it was like, eh. It wasn't great money, but it was like I was already playing for the Nighthawks. I was getting paid doing that. Yeah. Um, but Bruce was able to even vouch for me and say, "Hey, he he was he was willing to pay me for for you know indefinitely. You know, as long as I was his I was his assistant basically, and that helped me get a car, that helped me get a place, all types of stuff, man. So this was like cool. Wichita Falls helped me before I even wanted help. It was crazy. So uh, yeah, went to Canada, dislocated my ribs. <laughs> Uh, Shout out to that uh, that grown man that really, literally knocked me on my ass. 
I bounced up like a G though. But uh, yeah, man, dislocated my ribs. Uh, Is that one of those where you just like it, it didn't hurt? Like on the you're just like nah, that didn't, yeah, you'd dr- act like it. Adrenaline was pumping, man. And actually, uh, I didn't realize it until I think I got to my room that night, and I remember I was walking to my to my dorm, and coach coach uh, Jim Pop, he goes, "Hey man, Ricky, you all right?" And I go, "Yeah." I'm just talking like, uh, yeah, Coach, I'm good. Uh, I think I cracked my sternum, though. I thought I had to split my sternum in half, man. Oh. It was horrible. And so, man, I, he, that, that's the wrong thing to do. Don't ever tell your coach that, <laughs> that you cracked your sternum. Because the next thing I knew, I was in my room, and I was FaceTiming my uh, – who's my wife? Nicole, who's my wife now. I was uh, I was FaceTiming her, and uh, – uh, the Reaper knocks on my door, man. And the Reaper is the designated guy in the program. He's like a he's like a card holder, like an in, uh, intern or something like that. Who he knocks on the door. He's like, "Hey, Rick," um, and I'm just like, "I know what's going on." I'm like, "Oh God!" If you guys ever watch Hard Knocks, just watch out for the guy who just tells people that they're cut. He goes, "Hey, Rick, man. Uh, coach wants to see you. Uh, bring your playbook and your room keys. Just like that. Like just got quiet. Just bring your playbook and your, your room keys." And I'm like. All right, Greg. <laughs> I gotta go, babe. <laughs> Next morning, I'm on a flight uh, to Chicago, man. Like turbulence with my, you know, <laughs> the ribs dislocated. Did you ever get that looked at? Yeah. So I went back and I saw my chiropractor. So my thing is, I don't, I don't really believe in like uh, regular doctors and all that good stuff. So unless my future doctor is listening right now and can prove otherwise, but uh, I, I, I really believe in holistic uh, medicine. So I believe the body should be able to heal itself, and I, mean, I do get checkups. So I guess that is kind of a, I guess counterproductive or whatever. But um, yeah, so I go and see my chiropractor. I'm like, "Hey, Jason, man, what's going on?" Uh, he goes, "Yeah, you got dislocated ribs," and he shows me an X-ray. He goes, "You see these bad boys right here? They're supposed to be uh, up here." <laughs> I go, "Oh, uh, damn!" Yeah, that's not a. That's yeah. not good. So he popped uh, those bad boys back in. He's like, "Okay, on the count of three, one, two. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even get the two. Oh. And so I start crying right there and he hugged me. He's like, it's okay, man. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I bet that was a nightmare. This, yeah, this 22-year-old guy, this big old black dude, 250 pounds, just crying on his table. <laughs> it was bad, man. So, yeah. Hey, I not to deter for sure, ahead, I dude. broke my ribs in uh, seventh grade and played football. Yeah. I weighed, um, I weighed probably 94 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I – see you, Jared. Jared's rolling out on us. Um, I yeah, weighed ninety four pounds. Yeah, and uh, it was like the last play. I was on the B team. We're not on the A team. Oh, it was a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. Next time, so yeah, this week I'll come back. We usually cool. let Jared on the podcast. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> you should just have my mic off. I oh, think, yeah, I think it's on. Yeah, we just cut him out. Oh man, yeah, I was uh, last play of the game. We were losing by like forty points. It's just like we had the ball. So we're just like, hey, let's run a halfback pass. Losing about 40 points. So we're going to halfback pass. Everybody bit. I'm like wide open. 20 yards down. I'm going to score my first ever touchdown. Oh. And the dude threw a pick to somebody like at the line. And so I just, like, ripped, I just ripped my chin strap down. And I'm just like jogging down the field with my head down. And the next thing you know, I'm just <laughs> staring up. Just staring up at the crowd. Everyone's wiping, like uh, going through and shaking hands and all that. And uh, my dad said that everyone was out there, and I'm just by myself, 30 yards downfield, just oh, on no. the ground, just out. Yeah, I missed like the rest of the season. I got to play one more game, 
And at that point, I was like, man, I'm probably going to just play basketball. So does some guy just, like, cherry pick you? Just like, wow. Yeah, oh, oh, for sure. Like, completely unnecessary. I wasn't in the play. I was 40 yards. I mean, yeah. probably not 40. We've all point. done it. Yeah. Yeah, I was out. And some dude just. Oh, my dad, the first thing my dad said, because I, I was mad, just got in there. I was like, man, what a what a scumbag. What a cheap yeah. shot. Yeah. I was like, when you're on the football field, you got to be ready. Yes and no. And so, yes and no. Yeah. But I just, I appreciated that because I was just like, because I'm, there's no reason to. Can't give up on the play. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, the play was over. I think I was crossing the goal line and I was at the 40. Yeah. But I got but no one saw it. I don't think the referees were even I mean, we're down 40. The game's over. Yeah. So Dude, it's it's crazy. I mean completely man. irrelevant story, but yeah. Dude, yeah, I mean, and i I'm actually done there with my uh my long monologue. But yeah, when I got back to Wichita Falls, as I go back into my story, <laughs> when I got back to Wichita Falls, so I was cut and dude, I was unemployed for like man, like three months. Mm. So there was a while that you guys like didn't see me at all. It's like I still had my dreads and all that good stuff, and uh, I was just like I didn't know I was still training, and uh, I thought that the NFL or the CFL was going to call back. It was crazy, yeah. and I think, dude, and if we can get into this in a little bit, Please. that'd be great. But uh, it's crazy how we're we're like so conditioned <clears throat> for take the dream or nothing. Yeah, you know, and then that dream has to be either uh, pop artist. Rapper, uh, uh, athlete, or Instagram mo- Instagram model now. It's yep. crazy. Like no one's dreaming about becoming mayor, or no one's dreaming about having a family. Having a family, dude. Yeah, which is awesome. And you know, no one. It's just crazy, man. And so I was unemployed for like three months, and uh, uh, my wife was there for me. Obviously, um, well, not obviously. My wife was there for me, um, and dude, so. By the grace of God, I'm look. We, so we Nicole and I have an argument that day, and uh, we we were talking about going to this job fair, and we weren't even going to go to this place. And I go, I'm like, man, I, I can't turn away any anything right now. I need a job. I need to get some income. I'm not asking my parents for any more money, right? And so we show up to this job fair. It's like at this uh, apartment complex on the east side, right? And not, nothing against the east side, you know. It's just uh, it's 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 one of the, the you know. It's one of the more, um, man, what's a great word to say? First off, I, I grew up uh, part of my life in the hood. So uh, it's it brought back, it brings back memories when I go over there. Uh, but we'll, we'll get better. I promise that. But, man, we, so I go to a job interview over there. And uh, it's for fresh parolees. Guys who just got out of jail and needed mm. a job to, to stay out. And I, I see guys walking in with jeans, shorts. Shout out to the guys who wear jeans, shorts. Yeah. But that's that's not cool no more, bro. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, stop it. Especially they go uh, uh, below your ankles, man. Like, like chill, <laughs> man. Like, at least bring them up below the knees, man. But those are jeans, not jeans shorts. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's you see, true, though. I was trying to think of a name for it. Like, It's like, we're, yeah. We're going to call those the, the Wally World uh, 2018s. <laughs> Shout out to Walmart. <laughs> but anyways, uh Man, so I go in here and I'm like, I see everyone from Herbalife to the people who sell cable at Walmart and Sam's yeah. Club. I'm like, not really what I was looking for, but I need some. And I see this big old uh, man, this this really tall white guy, uh, liver spots on his hands, and wearing a nice suit. Was that's what attracted me? So I walk up to him. I hey, I go, hey man, what are you selling, and what do you need me to sell? And he goes. I'm not selling anything. I'm just here checking out checking out the place. Yeah, I'm like, man, you got this 
you know, table up here and it's got little slips. And he goes, he goes, who are you? And, you know, where, where are you from? So I, I go I'll give my whole story. Right. And so um, we ended up talking about Chicago Bears. And I find out this, this gentleman's from Chicago also. And lo and, be, lo and behold, he asked me, he goes, hey, man, you ever think about being a financial advisor? And I go, man, I can't even work a damn calculator, <laughs> man. What are you talking about? I'm a millennial. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. But uh, I mean, I've always been really good with numbers. Um, I've always been a really good planner. Uh, and I, and I, I always, I will continue to always care about people, even if I don't know you. Like, I, I feel like I can really, I feel like I'm just really intuitive with, with stuff like that. Um, but anyways, man, so I, I go, I had to relearn a lot of my education. It took me about a year, year and a half, took all the series seven, series 66, I got, got my life insurance license. That was probably the easiest part, but I had to relearn, basically take a, a whole college course mm. on financial planning, <clears throat> but I was determined to do it, man, because at first it turned into something that was going to give me money to keep training for football. But then lo and behold, you know, people started coming in and, um, you start delivering death policies, you know, people's spouses dying and stuff like that. And you start seeing the grief on their face. Um, and then, and then you deal with the people who are, um, you know, just so damn busy that they just need someone to really help with the finances at least, or at least help their, uh, their, their wife know what's going on because they may deploy, you know, Mm -hmm. to, to Kuwait in a few months. And it's just, man, you're really able to, uh, just, you know, just, just be of service to people, which is what I believe keeps people alive. Yeah. And so, man, it's been a blast ever since. And so that's me, man. That's what I do. I'm a, I'm a financial advisor, financial planner, or first command financial planning. But right now, I'm just a big old talking head. No, man. I, <laughs> no, man, your story, it's it's cool, man. It's very uh, opposite of mine, you know? Okay. In some ways, I really don't even know your story, man. I just know your Logan, man, up at, at Design Works. <laughs> that's, that's that's all you need to know, probably. Okay, okay, I'll <laughs> take that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, man. No, it's um, I'm an open book, man, and I think we uh, we ran into each other at Walmart. It was just like an instant click. Yeah, because I, I don't know, man. You you exude passion, you know. Sure. Yeah. When you talk to someone, you look them in the eyes, yeah, and you seem yeah, like yeah. you care, yeah. And I think that's a that's a trait that's lost. Okay. Yeah. You know, because I mean, right now most most talk is small talk. Yeah. How do I make you hear my story and then leave? You know, kind I of thing. Hate that, man. Yeah, but like you, you said something. I'm I'm glad you said this because I've been I've told twelve people this since we talked. Yeah. When you were in here last week. Yeah. Last. You week. said, "I'm gonna give you two things. I'm gonna tell you two things. A piece yeah. of advice, and I want you to tell me two things." Of course, always. And I love that because yeah. um, you're training people to one receive. Yeah. But also to give. Of course. And most relationships are just one of those too. Yeah. You're either pouring into somebody. Mm-hmm. One, of my, one of my mentors when I was younger told me that you should always have three people in your life. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's pouring into you. Somebody you're pouring into. Right. And then somebody who's who's with you in the journey. Oh, yeah. So you got to have a peer. I love that. That's and, crazy. And so I just, that's one of those things for me is I realized. Shout that, out to that guy. That's life changing advice. Yeah. And he was Jeez. he was an old white pastor yeah who i felt like i related zero with most of the time where was he from uh from here of course he was from here what the heck i know man this place is crazy like that it is man's people yeah there's there's people here there's a lot of chaos here but in the midst of it there's some gems this is some amazing beautiful place dude it is man my wife and i try to get out yeah 30 times we were gonna go plant a church in colorado Mm -hmm. we were gonna because being at design works we can plant design works anywhere Mm mm-hmm 
And so we looked, we planned, we did all this stuff. And then at some point we just realized like God really, God wants us here right now in this season. So we just made a commitment. We're going to be here for the rest of our lives or until God calls us. Okay. So we're not going to live in this like, well, we could leave. We're going to live like we're going to be here and plant roots like forever. And if God calls, we'll leave tomorrow. And he'll make it right for you. Yeah, it'll happen. Yeah. And so. Or he'll put it on your heart to, you know, I would definitely believe in that. Yeah. You know. Some people are better at hearing the voice of God, and some people are just like, hey, man, I know that this feeling wasn't here yesterday, and I'll pray on it, and if it's still here, then it's him. Yeah. You know, and I definitely believe in that. So, yeah, yeah dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, shout out to that guy, dude. No, but, but I love I love what you brought to I mean, because you're going to somebody, and you're giving them something, and you're training them to receive it. Yeah. But you're also training them to give back. Like, everybody's got something to give. It doesn't matter what place of life you're in. You've yeah. got something you can bring value to. Dude, Yes. I don't know if you've ever talked to like a wino or just someone on the street who just doesn't have a thing, um, but I do that all the time. Man, um, when was this? This had to be last year. This was right. Shout out to Bob Kerr, the tall white guy that gave me the job yeah. that will help me become a financial advisor. So that, I met him, right? He's, he came yes, in with you, you met time. Bob. Yeah. yeah, Bob's the guy who changed my life. Cool. Bob's amazing. And Bob's one of my guardian angels. He really is. Um, that's why when, when we when we had that business meeting, I will I don't talk real real business without Bob. There, I like he, it. He was a full bird colonel in uh, in Air Force, but it's like he wouldn't even know it because he's so gentle. He is, and he's so. But because he's got he's that got a calm. presence about him. He's got, yes, he's a, he's you know, he's a, he's a colonel, man. I yeah. mean, that's Pentagon stuff right there. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> he's got a calm to him that he you look into his eyes. It's I'm flying to Chicago, and I, I definitely I guess I have ADD. I'm all over the place. But uh, I'm flying to Chicago this weekend, and uh, I I talked to my buddies. I'm like, hey, man, let's hang out this weekend, and <clears throat> I need to get out the house a little bit. Things have been crazy. And uh, I go, wait, wait, before I fly up, let me call somebody real quick. This is like 1030 at night. So I call Bob, and Bob's like, <clears throat> yeah, Rick. <laughs> old dude, man. <laughs> So Bob's 73 years old. I love you, Bob. Sorry, I told your age. Bob's 73 years old. He's like six foot six. Real cool guy. Um, and I go, hey, Bob, man, uh, business has been going really well for me lately. I've been helping a ton of people. Um, but I really miss my family, and I want to go home and check out the boys. You know, go to a pub, drink some beer, eat some peanuts, play darts, yeah. stuff like that. I go, but I probably won't land until Monday night when I get back. Do you think it's smart for me to leave my business for a day? Or so I work on Saturdays too. You think it's smart for me to leave my business for two days? And he goes, Yeah, Rick, you're fine. Just tell me what your activity is for the next few weeks and I'll either, I'll either take it or I'll tell you something you need to hear. Right? And that's exactly what he did. He goes, Yeah, go home. Go have fun. And I go, Got it. Bye. Which is crazy because I didn't really, you know, I just kind of used them yeah. <laughs> and that, but. Dude, it's it's crazy, man. But uh, yeah, dude, this I, I forget where that tangent came from, man. But that uh, this place is awesome, and uh, man, I'm just appreciative of everyone who's helped me out so far here. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Oh man, man, tell me a little bit. So, I you grew up in Chicago. Yeah, I grew up here in Wichita Falls, Texas. Uh-huh. I'm a white dude. Okay, and um, white middle class white dude. Yeah. And grew up around a dad who works real hard. Yeah. Built a company. Um, you know, I never wanted for anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I used to think my life was so difficult. You know, I look yeah. back down, I'm like, man, 
Life was easy when I was a kid. Okay. Because now I actually have to pay the bills. Okay. Uh, I want to say life was easy when I was a kid, too. Yeah. I think most kids don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Like, when you get out of high school and get into the real world, life gets real yeah. fast. But okay. I went through, went to uh, Wichita Falls High School. Okay. And that was probably the first time I was immersed into, oh, my goodness, not everybody lives in the same neighborhood as me. Yeah. Right? Changed my life completely. Like, especially playing basketball. You mm-hmm. know, one of a few white dudes on the team. You know, got to see different cultures. And, and Old House is a really cool school, Wichita Falls High School, because we have the richest kids in the city. Oh. And the poorest. Okay. Really cool spectrum, man. I saw the kids who were rolling up in, you know, Mercedes. Yeah. And I saw the kids that were eating breakfast in the morning because I was the only meal they didn't get that day. Oh, my God. So, But it was a really good. Like, I got friends now in the boardroom at Banks. Yeah. And I got friends that when I go through drive throughs See him at Whataburger. I, yeah. Which I was, is great I was, food, I was about, I was about to say that, actually. It is Whataburger, and it's my wow. favorite food. Yes, but it's, and I love too. the spectrum, and it it changed my my heart and my life. And I think Jesus used that time to be like, "Hey, understand perspective, right?" Yeah. And so, I, I would just love to hear your perspective on you know, growing up from Chicago and yeah. then coming to Wichita Falls, which is very different. Yeah, from Chicago. Okay, so let me clear some things. Um, so Chicago was the be- very beginning of my life, all the way through up to probably puberty, and then my parents moved us out to Naperville, Illinois, and that is. All the, uh, all of, that's from all the work that my dad put in with his business. Cool. Um, my dad um, was an army guy. Uh, he separated after seven years. Uh, he stuck his roots down in Chicago, and then he grew his business uh, from pretty much a truck just out to um, installing security systems all across the Chicago, Chicagoland area, Wisconsin. And even out in Indiana, and Good so yeah, my dad was able Good to take well, was the able to take us from Chicago, the South Side, man, Inglewood, from laying on the floor hear, hearing uh, gunshots all the way to uh, out in really nice Naperville, man. So I, I really had the same experience too. Cool. Um, but even when we were in Chicago, man, um, we always uh, had a great situation. Yeah, I mean. We always lived in a pretty pretty nice uh, home, and uh, I remember we were the first ones on the block on the south side to get like a huge 50, 16-inch TV, yeah. and whatever that means, right? But um, How big did you say? A 50, 16-inch TV, right? Yeah. So Was it one of those big, yeah, big like, boxes? Like with a tube? Yeah, man. Like crazy. Like if you take out all the guts. You can you get those for free now. <laughs> right. Isn't that crazy? If you took out all the guts, you could probably have a clubhouse within that thing. It's oh, just, for sure. Yeah, or a little office. We used to have one in my man cave before I got married. Yes. it was free. Yes. Oh my it was God. warped and yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But anyways, um, but in that same moment, Logan, like us having that TV downstairs and like food in the fridge, I, I can remember looking across the street and seeing our car being boosted mm. by just some thugs who were on yeah. the corner. It was crazy, you know? But uh it's it's everything that I knew. You know, it's, it was it wasn't, you know, scary, but yeah, it yeah. wasn't right. But uh my perspective of it is man, people are people. And, uh, dude, this this country, this world, man, it'll chew you up, and it'll make it to it'll make you into whatever um, it wants you uh, to be. And I think in this day and age, we all the world just wants us all to be predators, uh, and it, it wants the, the 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 worthy, the entitled to survive. Yeah. 
right? Which is totally wrong because we all deserve to be here. Yeah. You know, and I, I, the only way that we'll get there, you know, uh, to, to all being here and to uh, all of us being on the same page, God willing, is, is for us just to love each other, man. Yeah. And that's like a real hippie, real like millennial-esque, uh, uh, you know, answer to your question as far as perspective, man. But the only way I got through high school and the only way I got through my, my, my early upbringing, you know, I had uh, – I didn't have a very good smile. I had dreads. You know, I'm very dark skinned. And I'm a big old black dude, um, and so well now I'm, I'm clean cut. You know, got my teeth are not real. <laughs> you know, it's, I have a very nice smile, um, and I try to take care of my take care of myself. Smell, uh, you know, smell wise, all that good stuff. So, uh, but the way people have tre- treated me throughout my whole life has been consistent, man. I'm serious. From like the time I was young all the way to now, it's just like because I, I approach them with love. I, it's, yeah. like, it's like I already know you, man. I care about you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We're and when, when people realize that we were we were both handcrafted to walk this earth. Yeah, handcrafted. Whether you believe in God, Allah, or whoever, man, 100%. Zeus, you cannot deny that you were handcrafted yeah. to 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 maybe not weather the storm, but just withstand it. Yeah. You know, and it's like, man, once you like drop your nuts and you realize that and you say, okay, F everything else, I'm here. Hey, and, 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 hey, guess what? I have a, a frat brother here too with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's covered from the same cloth. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you, you can, you can, you can label a guy all you want. Say he's from Chicago. Say he's from Wichita. You can say, this guy's blood. He's a crib. This guy's a Mason. This guy's a yeah. Christian. It doesn't matter, man. Yeah. Like, dude, we're all here. And it's like, what are you going to do now? Yeah. That was kind of a setup question because we yeah. already talked about this. Okay. But I just wanted people to hear that, man. Like, yeah. I love – it's easy to say, like, whether it be location, religion, yeah. gender, uh-huh. race. Right. Like, we, we create these – and there are barriers and, and boundaries. We are different. We are different. Yeah. There's 100% yeah. whether it be, you know, government, whatever. There's, there's definitely boundaries. Yeah. But when you really get down to a human level and you realize, you know, whether you're – multimillionaire yeah you know whether you're you know a muslim whether whatever like being able to look someone in the eyes man is is i think one of the most powerful things and and realize you do not have to agree or change someone's stance oh my god yes (laughs) yes so yo let's bring this let's bring this up real quick so the black lives matter uh movement yep okay and so um dude as a black man i definitely believe and uh, the whole Black Lives Matter movement, and I'm almost certain that that you probably believe in it too. I don't, I don't, I don't want to speak for you. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, um, but here's the cool thing about me and you: if we were to disagree, uh, I know without a shadow of a doubt, man, we would. <laughs> this is a, I'm, I'm so glad I can say this. We would definitely be able to open it up for discussion. Yeah, and that's that's all the. That's all the Black Lives Matter, the, uh, the 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 NFL players kneeling. All they're asking for is just, hey, open this up for discussion and just, yeah. he, I just want you to hear how I feel, man. Yeah. You don't have to necessarily agree. Yeah. You know, but just hear what I'm saying and just you re- remove your emotion from it. Yeah. You know, and just let's speak from logic. Let's 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 go bone on bone, numbers on numbers. And now, uh, just for a, just for a brief moment here, man, just try to imagine how you would feel. So yeah. we'll put a little bit of emotion into it. How you would feel if this were you. Yeah. Just so, so let's let's flip this around and say, hey, what if this were purple people? What if this were orange people? Your people? 
yeah. going through these same trials and tribulations? How would you feel? What would you like the outcome to be? Yep. And you, you may have a totally different response than I will, but at least now I know how you feel. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like, okay, this is right, this is wrong, because we don't know, man. Yeah. We're all on this freaking flying space rock. You know, just like trying, just to, trying to figure it out. Trying to figure it out. Trying to hold on to what's ours. Exactly. Which is sometimes the problem. Yes. Because you got to let go a little bit sometimes to have real conversations. Of course. Want to be wrong. Want to hear someone else's perspective. And I think that's, you know, I think it's a good thing long term. Yeah. I hope. The kneeling stuff. Yeah. In terms of um, prominently the area we're in, right? That was a, that was a very awkward conversation uh, for people here. Yeah. Because that's where All Lives Matter came out of, yeah. right? Like, what, a, in my opinion, yeah. which I'm very clear in my opinion, I think it's a very inappropriate response. Yeah. Um, like, very inappropriate response. But, you know... For a lot of people, I don't think they know how to have the conversation. Right. I think they're afraid of the conversation. Yeah. And I think of most people that I would talk to that would, would disagree with Black Lives Matter uh-huh. don't disagree with the principles. They feel there's something in them that feels uncomfortable right. because they feel like they're the enemy. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. And so and, – and to some degree, that conversation's got to happen. One of my – one of the songs I listened to, Jared and I have listened to a couple times, but Macklemore has a song called White Privilege. I think I heard and, that song. Uh, it's like a it's like a twelve minute song, and they just go through yeah. different things. Yeah. But he just talks about being like the one white guy in the crowd, and uh-huh. they're you know they're chanting justice and peace, and he's chanting, and then they they say Black Lives Matter, and he doesn't say it back because he doesn't know like am I like, and I, I think that's kind of part of the persona of people. I think a lot of people I deal with every day are not racist yeah. at their core. Mm-hmm. Um, those tendencies come out just because they they have no idea. They feel like it's an it became a side thing. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, and I, I think that's something that we've been. You know, Jared and Aaron and I talk a lot of time. It's like it's – for me, I went through a long season and sometimes still in it, like of white guilt yeah. kind of thing. You know, okay. just like, man, you know, this is this is kind of a bummer. I'm set up. You know, my wife and I were talking the other day. Like I'm not going to have to um, teach my uh, son or daughter mm-hmm. that like, you know, when it comes to police or different things, like it's, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. And so um, I don't know. I just – I – get excited and value conversations so much, mm-hmm. especially with people that didn't grow up where I grew up yeah. or are not the same religion. Yeah. Uh, we had some friends that were neighbors that were Muslims, and it was the first time I got to be involved mm-hmm. in like a true like Muslim family, and it was the coolest thing ever, yeah. man, because they are not who people t- tell you they are. <laughs> and so like, I, I just I think that's been kind of one of the things that I hope long-term will turn good yeah. in this Black Lives Matter and um, the kneeling you know, stuff yeah. is that hopefully that people will learn through time, like, what if it's not directed directly at you and it's an opportunity for you to actually, for the first time, Understand. be in the conversation? Yeah. And so, um, dude, this is so great. I love being a part of this um, this podcast. Dude, last week we talked about Socrates. Yeah. And why uh, his people deemed him the wisest man in the land. Yep. And it was basically because... Uh, you know, someone goes, "Hey, Socrates, you're the you're the wisest man in the land." And he goes, "Okay, BS. Um, I'm not the wisest man in the land. I'm just going to prove it to you, right?" And so he went to scholars, he went to uh, poets, politicians, scientists, and he had all these conversations with them. And he came back to the guy, his people, who deemed him the wisest man in the land. He goes, "You know what? I probably am the wisest man in the land, but it's because I went to all these, you know, poets, scholars, all these ac- acad- academics, um, and." They were so certain of what they knew and that it was right that they were just cut off from learning anything extra, mm. anything more, not yeah. extra. But and he he goes, I'm so certain that I don't know enough, yeah, that it just it gives me more capacity to learn than you. 
and it gives me a deeper understanding of the world, you know? And that's what <clears throat> moved him towards being the wisest man in the land. Yeah. And so his his uh you know, his his mission statement or his theme for his life is uh the 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 only step towards the truth is realizing that you know nothing or you know admitting that you know nothing yeah and so how i take that that whole allegory that whole statement is like dude you have to walk into every single situation and you just can't make assumptions yep you have to realize that you don't know nothing you don't know anything and that what you do know just take a chance put it out there but just don't be emotionally convicted to it it's yep. just an idea man yeah. like yes it's yours and you might have birthed it and but it's okay if it doesn't make it out the gate man yeah like you know, man, that's my number one <clears throat> frustration to losing on politics. Yeah, is that pick a party, and then they'll deliver to you what you should believe, kind of thing. Yeah, you know, like here's the line in the sand: whose team are you on? Uh huh. And I think millennials <laughs> kind of grew up. I feel like a lot of people I'm around that somewhat like minded me. We kind of are on the center of a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how I feel. You know, like like I don't really know where I identify in this this spectrum. Yeah. But like. If, if I've learned anything, it's like, man, your perspective is going to have a lot to do with who raised you mm -hmm. and what area you grew up in. Because mm -hmm. I, I got the privilege um, of spending 10 days in Africa on a medical mission. Okay. Where at in Africa? Um, we were in Nairobi. Nairobi. Okay. Yeah. So okay. we went into um, Kibera. And I'm trying to think what was the biggest slum in Africa. Um Dr. Kaiser's going to kill me, Jake. He, yeah, I can't, I can't remember. So Shout out to Jake. Um, yeah. You know Jake? <laughs> I don't, but... He's a legend, man. He's yeah. one of my favorite people. He's an elder at our church, and he's a pediatrician. But uh -huh. they take... Um, them and, the, and Dr. Johnson take trips. So like twice a year, they were going. And so my wife and I got to go. I was yeah. just in the pharmacy. I don't... Just I bring nothing to the equation besides a, a warm body, and I'll, I'll sit there and pray with people. But man, it was like perspective wise my wife was depressed for like six months after. okay yeah like it, it messed her up yeah and i think just seeing people and being like oh, man because we can't, oh we were there whenever wichita falls flooded oh so this is like right before i went to spokane yeah, yeah. so like everyone were like we'd get on facebook we, we had like wi-fi in this little building we'd get on and check in and everyone's like griping like powers out like wi-fi and of course you're in that mode <laughs> where i would have been the person maybe griping you know a week before where i'm just like you scumbags you have no idea what I saw today. Like, no idea how lucky we, we met you a, are. We met a four-year-old kid who's got AIDS. Like, oh my god! Like what? You know? So it was, <laughs> what? Look what I got. <laughs> I was just, I was so mad, and really to show that I didn't that I was still a terrible person. To I we actually uh, bootleg watched a UFC fight while we were over there at like two in the morning. Yeah. So yeah. we're just like we're still taking the comforts of America. Yeah, yeah. I'm the captain now. I'm the pirates, bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> so it was. I don't know, man. I think I think uh, I think perspective is so crucial, but mm -hmm. that's probably been. The best learning lesson of my life, probably the last yeah. eight years, has been like, "What if? Dude, what, what if, if I'm wrong? Yeah, man. And, and and what's the what's the outcome? Like, what really happens if I am wrong? Well, really, nothing. Yeah. The biggest fail is if I never find out. Dude, the big, the man. I think the biggest way that we can fail ourselves is that is, is is if we close that capacity off. That's the greatest gift that the Lord has given us, man. Just the capacity to learn and care for each other. Yeah. And it's like, it's bigger than any car, you know, any uh, any amount of property. And if you, I, I can get, I can take, I can take the real materialistic route. So let's take money. You know, let's, let's say uh, the government garnishes all of my wages and all of my assets. Uh, you have to, you have to carry yourself and you have to, um, you have to carry yourself in a fashion 
that you should know that, okay, even if you take everything away from me, I have the capacity to learn. Yeah. It's going to come back. <laughs> Maybe quicker than when I got it at first. Yeah. Because I, actually, I know the process now. It is mine. I own this. You cannot take this from me. Yeah. This is a gift. That's good. Yeah. And it's like when you think about it that way, dude, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Dude, hallelujah, man. It's just like it yeah. gets up in you, man. So take that same, uh, I would say, take that same process, that same mindset and apply it to when you meet someone. Like, man, just just learn who they that's are. Good. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's like you can be just as passionate about it. That's what love is. Yeah. It's just constantly learning about, you know, this person who shares the same values as you. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, oh my God, dude. It is it's amazing. You know, I love his life. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I've been I've been also blessed, like one, to have a dad who started a company and allowed me to start cleaning toilets and then yeah. work at the front desk and like yeah. work my way through it. But also at 19, I left a church I was interning at, mm-hmm. went to this weird church that was meeting in a doctor's office waiting room. Mm-hmm. And from that day, mm-hmm. for the last eight years, I've been a part of this church. And they, like, I was work, I was cleaning, I was working on the computer. Like, I've gotten to be trained and equipped by somebody who just invested in me. Yes. And, <laughs> like, they just, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to be, Ronnie Whitfield is lead pastor at One Life. He's amazing. Him and his wife, Ashley, are amazing people. But they just, they took me in. Yeah. And just like, he's like, just watch me. Yeah. And then after I started to learn, he said, I'm going to watch you. And then he just turned me loose. It's like, you're going you're gonna to pastor people. And so from that point on, I just realized like, man, that investment in people. Yeah. And the only way that you can truly invest in somebody is not by passing by. It's by planting roots. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be able to love someone even when you don't like them. You got to be able to always say. Look, Which is hard. In, in any city, yeah, it's tough, man. But you got to always, look, as long as you open your mouth and say, what's up, man. That's that's the first step, man. But yeah, dude, we should definitely talk about that. Loving people when you can't even stand like to even look at them. I know. It's tough, dude. I, that's something I haven't figured out. It's, it's I always think I have it figured out. And then I realize I'm just back in the season of being surrounded by people I like. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, that kind of annoyed me. Yeah. But then you get around so many, you're like, I don't I don't think I figured it out. Like this yeah. person's the worst. Dude, so what are some things that you like battle with? When like you're in that trance of, I guess we well, I hate these words. Uh, I don't like these words hate, but uh, when you when you're in that trance of just really not enjoying someone and being in that mindset where you just don't even want to look at them. I mean, what I the first thing I always do, and I've caught myself doing this recently. I had to check myself, but I start assuming the worst. Okay, yep. So you know, I'm like, you know what? I bet they're gonna be late tomorrow. Yeah. Or if he says this. To me, more, I'm gonna punch him in his mouth, or oh. I, start, I start to assume the worst about yeah, him. Yeah. And in the moment, I would—it's usually not as bad. Mm-hmm. But it's when I step away, I'm like, I think that assuming the worst about somebody is what really—I think in my life, mm-hmm. I've had tons of arguments and things, and I would—I would be willing to venture out and say eighty to ninety percent of those um, were unfair assumptions. Mm-hmm. That if I would have just sat down and been willing to listen and ask, it would have been solved. Mm-hmm. But there's not that many people in my life that were. We're hateful. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, that's where I, those assumptions come in. And then I start to just withdraw. Yeah. And you'll know I don't like you mm-hmm. when I start to, I won't, if I don't confront it and I'm not willing to give you feedback. Yeah. You know, and I'm just kind of like, I'm just not going to be around you. Yeah. Because if I love you and yeah. don't like you, yeah. I will address it. Yeah. Because I want you to grow. Like I care. Right. And so that's, that didn't happen to me a lot in my life. I've been very privileged to have good people around. But I mean, being in the church world. Yeah. 
I mean, you're dealing with people every day. Mm. Being in business, yeah. my dad always says that marketing would be the easiest job ever if it wasn't for the clients and the employees. Oh, yeah. You know? I love that. Because it's true. Oh, like, yeah. you're dealing with people every day. And so, yeah. um, I don't know, man. That's that's always been important to me. My wife is was one of the most Christ-centered women I've ever met. And she she's always pressing on me to be like, yeah. like, why? Why yeah. is that a big deal? You know? Dude, and then, so and then awesome. it's like, that that question, I get mad and I rant. Because uh-huh. they're an idiot. Because they don't love people. They don't even like me, which yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah. And then you go through this whole thing in the end of it. She's like, yeah, no, but why? And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, it's, I get it now. Uh, Dude. What about you, man? So I thought, like, do you, is there anybody you don't like? Hell yeah. You seem like the coolest dude ever. Dude, there's, dude, I, no, nah, dude, I am not a robot. I am not that's Superman. That's got to be on them, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot of it's on me. All of it's on me. And I'll take that, man, as, as a man. And then, that's a good I'll, answer. And I'll, you know, yeah, but, um, dude, Real talk, when I'm pissed off at people, it's always because I assume that they are me, and they w- and they should handle the situation how I Ooh. would handle the situation. And when you do that, you assume that they've gone through, you know, college at Illinois State, uh, alcoholic dad, uh, you know, two sisters, and you know this and that, Chicago to Naperville to. Wichita Falls, like, dude, they don't have the same path as you. Yeah, they don't have those things, like you know, wrapped into who they are. You know, like they they may not be as, as sweet as you. They may be a little spicy, man. They're just it's, they're, they're different. Yeah, you know. So it's like, of course, they respond different than yeah. you, man. And so, and their values are different. And then you know, it's, and so that's why I think you know, like when you go into like you know, something like a marriage, it's really we have to we have to we have to put our hands on our children. And uh, really encourage them that when they're dating, you know, a, a woman or a man, that they really have to uh, be curious about what those what that person's values are. Yeah. So that when you get to those tough times, you guys can get back to. Yeah. Like you said you mentioned your wife is a Christ centered, right? Yeah. You guys have the same values. Yeah. So you have that same foundation to go back to, and it's like, hey, this is the core of our relationship. Yep. Uh, yeah, we're going to deviate because, of course, I grew up on this side of town, went to this high school. Yep. And if, even if we did go to the same high school, you went to this summer camp, I went to this summer camp. We're just different. You know? So when I get pissed at people, man, it's because I, I just instantly assume, I make that assumption that they're Rick Simpson. It's like, dude, don't be foolish. They're not Rick. You're Rick, dummy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's easy to do and not notice it, though. Yeah. And so it, then you get resentment with that because you're like, oh, I would have done this. Or how could someone do that? And it's like, you, you, that, yeah. How could you do that, Rick? Yeah. But remember, that's you're not that person, man. Yeah. So it's like, give him a shot, man. You don't know. Yeah. One of the things I've learned in getting to do some like premarital counseling and things like that yeah. is, and it's it's in marriage and it's in the real world, is yeah. you start to ask them questions about how they grew up, families. Yeah. And then as you go through this, you realize that each person has an expectation, whether they knew they had it or not. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And then as you keep going, you find out, you start asking questions like, what bothers you about the other person? Mm-hmm. And it's funny, you know, yeah. and it keeps going. And then at some point, somebody says something that strikes a nerve. And then they find like, oh, <laughs> I didn't know you felt that way. And it kind of, you know, you kind of work through it. But yeah. what I've realized is the reason that people don't know those things bother them is like a communication. Yes. And most of the time you don't like someone. It's real easy to like a terrorist. Mm-hmm. It's real easy to like dislike somebody who's in a different political party, different mm-hmm. race, when you don't ever spend time with them. Oh, man, and like, when you can get in front of somebody and communicate, you those walls will naturally come down. Yeah, You'll realize, like, hold on. So mm-hmm. you believe, I bet you if we spent enough time, we could find somewhere on the exact opposite side of it. Yeah, of course. But I would almost guarantee you by the end of that that I would, I would realize 
where you're coming from. I may not agree with you. You open up the discussion. I'm just like, man, I get I get that from his perspective. Yeah. I, I see it differently, or even if I think you're completely wrong. But now I know your process. Yep. And now it's I know you, it's not now I know you're not just evil in nature. It's just yep. like you went here, 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 and there. As opposed to be going there, there, there. Okay, here, there. Yep. And it's just like, okay, I can't fault you for that. You're not crazy. No. You just want to take a different path. Yeah. And that's most people don't communicate. And so as soon as you start assuming the worst about somebody, mm-hmm. and then you stop talking to them, mm-hmm. maybe you block them on social because millennials do. Yeah. And then you, that distance becomes, and then this evil monster begins to get created, and this person becomes something that. Really, they're just living life, and they're probably not even thinking about you yeah. that much. Oh, man. And so dude. that distance, man, and that's why I think marriages start falling apart. Yeah. Distance creates assumptions. Yeah, distance definitely creates assumptions. Um, dude, it's, it's dude, marriage, any relationship, being married or having a best friend or a serious business partner, man, um, you have to really, I, in my opinion, you have to really try to pay attention to uh, that information gathering uh, that courtship, man. I mean, dude, like imagine if I have a prospect comes in and he wants me to get a, a financial portfolio ready for him. So he wants me to get him ready for retirement. He wants me to protect, help him protect his assets and save up for those emergencies. Dude, if I skip out on the small details of who this person uh, uh, looks to for advice in, in their own life, their, their personal life, um, do they bank on things like being debt free? Do they believe in uh, rotating credit and stuff like that? Do they believe in aggressive funds? Do they believe all types of? If if I don't take that time to uh, to, to gather that information before I get paid, before I get something that's awesome, so I e in the real world, uh, money, sex alcohol before I get all that stuff. And, that, and then you get into stuff like, you know, being abstinent and why the Lord put those tools down for us and stuff yeah. like that, you know, which I didn't do, but uh, you, you realize things like that. And it's like, it wasn't all just because, okay, follow the rules, Rick. It's like, dude, I'm trying to protect you. Yeah. And it's like, that's good. dude, it's, it's crazy. Right. And so you, you, you figure out where, where your faults are and uh, you're like, oh man, you're just trying to help me out the whole time. Damn. You know? And it's like, uh, right, I feel like a dick. Yeah, and it's like, uh, man, you that information gathering. You have to make sure that it's one of those things that you take serious, man. When you take a woman on a date, man, look her in the eye. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, uh, uh, make sure you uh, you you, uh, you experiment with your manners, man. Uh, be a little foolish sometimes when you say things. See how she reacts. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh, 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 be polite. See how she reacts. See how she how she takes compliments, things yeah. like that, and then. And then just shut up and see if she asks you questions. Yeah. See if she asks you why you're quiet. Dude, this is all your information gathering to figure out if your values are in the same spot. Yeah. And then once you identify a, a smudge on your progress report, attack it. Yeah. And say, hey, man, so I noticed that you do this. I really don't like that. I really don't like that. Yeah. Why do you do that? Boom. If you guys buckle can, in. If you guys can. Yeah, right. Buckle in, dude. Here we go. Volatility. I mean, if you guys come out on, on the other side, and I'm not talking about coming out unscathed. If you guys come out alive, dude, that relationship has a pretty good chance of making it through. Yeah. That's so, good, man. Dude, that information gathering stage. It's awesome, dude. Yeah. And have you heard of the five love languages? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we went through five love languages. Dude, it is. I mean, that's uh, that's a game changer. 
It is, man. And I always joked. We used to laugh, and my wife and I kind of worked through it. But I used to always say she has all five. Mm-hmm. You know, she has all five of them. And she kind of does, depending on the seasons. Yeah. But I realized everything came down to quality time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, quality time was just like watching Netflix or a game. Yeah. Because we're together in the room. But quality time for her is there's nothing on. It's eye to eye. Like yeah. when we got the podcast here, I'm going to date night tonight. Yeah. And that's all I've got. I, today was the worst day of work. Mm-hmm. I, all I want to do is go home, maybe play 2K. Mm-hmm. Drink another beer. Do you have PS4? No, I got an Xbox. Dude, what is wrong with you? I know. I did, in my defense, I did just buy it last week from a pawn shop. I got my PS4 from a pawn shop. Which one? I love that. The, the place right by my office here. Right, right up here, dude. Uh, so we're... we're uh, I know you're talking about. Yeah. The one on Kemp? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The one on Kemp. What's the name of it, man? We got to shout them out real quick. Oh, man. Right next to Cox. Yep. And... Uh, I don't know it. I've never been in it. Dude, shout out to that place, man. Uh, reach out. Give us some sponsorship so that people can hear us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, seriously. I went to that one, that Easy Pond. Easy Pond, yeah. I went to that one down there, and I just rolled in there, and they hooked me up. And so I was just like, I just want a game system. Yeah. So, And I've only had an Xbox my whole life. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I just... Do yeah. I like to pay for Xbox Live. You have to pay for online for a PlayStation? Yeah, I, I pay like 10 bucks a month. And I'm I'm on 2K right now too, uh, 2K18. Yep, dude, I spent like a hundred bucks on upgrading my my player. Seriously, have you, have you? I haven't I haven't spent I haven't even gotten into that. Oh, I've dude. been playing online and getting. Which, by the way, get ready. I I took some years off from gaming. Yeah, me too. Because it was unhealthy. Uh huh. Because I used to game way too much, and so my wife is like, "You should do that." She was very cool, allowed me to do. It. Well, you're older now. You're, you're different. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Well, I bought it, and I was like, "I'm about to play all the time for a few weeks." Yeah, I am not because I have a life, yeah. like work and stuff, and so. But I, uh, I just went straight from like NBA 2K, 16 or 15, yeah. to 18, and I was like, I don't even know how to play this game anymore. Yeah, it's taking a little while to get used to, but it's so much fun, dude. Okay. First off, I don't want to ignore the the the, the, the conversation we were having before. I uh, lost I lost it. Okay, awesome. So let's go back into Xbox, uh, dude. So so we're talking about communication, but dude, I love using my PlayStation. So the reason I got a PlayStation because all my boys from college all have PS4s, and it's like when I'm down here in Wichita and I need to you know talk to the boys, we either FaceTime or I'm like, hey, dude, just hop online, just play a game. I gotta talk. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, which is like that whole multitasking thing wrapped into like the whole intimacy of having a conversation. There, there is something if you don't play games, there's something about it. Where, so Jared, he mm-hmm. sits right there most of the day. We've been best friends since kindergarten. Okay, grew up together, like lived together three different times. Right, we live in the same neighborhood now. Mm-hmm. People thought we might have been in a relationship. That's cool. That's cool. Like we were just like just. We've been just buddies forever, and so um, <laughs> it might have been a relationship. There's, there's been some rumors. Oh, never God. true. Oh, um, man. So who's, like, doing, who's doing the dishes at night? If it's you and Jared, in relationship? Uh, probably Jared. Uh, <laughs> probably Jared. I took that totally the wrong. You're like probably Jared. Jared. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wasn't sure. Um, probably neither uh, one of us, honestly. Probably just playing Xbox the whole time. Yeah, just but stack we, of dishes. We just hang out here. We used to have a 360 up here, and we just come in here a couple nights a week mm-hmm. afterward, and we'll just play Madden. Mm-hmm. And some days, like, we'll just talk about whatever. And some days, because Jared's an introvert, yeah, he didn't want to talk. Yeah, We just sit in silence. Yeah, And it's hopefully life-giving to him. Mm-hmm. I like I could just talk. And he just, sometimes he just goes, yep. Me too, dude. Yep. Yeah, I feel like we'll be here until, like, 10 o'clock tonight, dude. Because I'm just, I'm rolling. You know what I'm saying? I feel I like. think, one, we don't have to go forever. But, like, I think we just keep running back. Yeah. Yeah, dude, definitely. I'm, so I think I think you just there's a lot of wisdom in you, man. And dude, I think, do not give me that much credit. No, I no, just, no and I, I mean that like 
Because I know you hate that, but like I, I mean that. Like I feel like this is like the sixth time you and I have had a conversation. Maybe less. I don't know. But I feel man. like I know you really well. It's weird. Dude, I tr- oh man, dude. I You're just know. a very open person. I try to be, man. You did. I will confess this to you. You did catch me off guard the first time we had a business meeting. Uh huh. Just because I'd always, you know, we'd I'd see you at the arena, yeah, or, yeah, 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 or whatever. And then you were very serious. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved yeah. it. <laughs> oh, God, no, man, I love it. Business, is business. Yeah, and it's dude. never personal for me, and I love it. Yeah, and uh, the first time I saw you that way, I was like, "Yep, let's go." I was uh, so pumped, man, dude. Oh I want to see you succeed, man. You've, yeah. you've worked hard, dude. Yeah, let's let's talk about that, man, because I think that's a problem that a lot of our young people aren't comfortable with. Is that man, when you? So I um, so I went and saw a buddy uh, who's an attorney, and uh, I needed something done. And he's a good friend of mine. And I said, okay, how much do I owe you for this? And he goes, all right, 500 bucks. And I'm like, okay, um, here, boom. And then I met that same buddy outside of the office for, uh, uh, we, we had beers. And he's me, him, and a couple other people. And uh, I go, yeah, I had such and such handle this for me. And it was awesome, man. And it was It was real cool. And. And I made a joke. I'm like, he didn't even give me a discount. It was, and, and, I, and I didn't ask for one. He goes, oh, yeah, I did. I gave you a discount. I go, no, you didn't. You did not have to do that. And I almost wanted to say, dude, come on, man. Charge me the difference. Because it's like, dude, when it's business, man, you got to take all that shit out of it. Yeah, it's business. It is. And it's like, it's not that I hate. It's not that that there's some type of like mal or uh, there's bad blood bad blood in between us. But, man, I can't. We, I can't make you better. If every time, you know, we go to practice, I go easy on you. Yeah. You know, like there's so many times where like my best buddies, like, this scar I have in the middle of my face, man. Shout out to my boy James O'Shaughnessy, man, tied in for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, man, the best spring that I had at Illinois State, man, James and I grew up together. Um, we trained together all throughout high school and we ended up, um, by the grace of God, both signed at Illinois State University. And he went on to play, he's playing for the Jaguars now. And, uh, but James, James need to get better. He needs to get, he, James was like, he's a quick tight end. He's around 240 pounds, six foot five. And, uh, his deal was he had to get better at blocking. And my deal was, uh, I had to get quicker off the edge. Um, and so James and I would battle every single spring practice mm. and I would go hard on him, man. I would try to hair lift this guy. Right. And mm. we're good buddies. One day I took it easy. But guess he was. Guess he wasn't taking it easy that day. Guess he was getting better, right? James, he split my effing face open. I have this permanent scar that I'll take with me till I die in the middle of my face, man. Mm. Because James was just doing his job, dude, and he made me better, dude. First game of the, of the next season, man, I went out there, I got three sacks. You know, San Diego Chargers scout. He goes, man, your hands were so good that game. They were always up and ready to go. I looked at James, man. I said, yeah, I mean, we went to work that spring, didn't we? Yeah. I, I bet you I'll never drop my hands when I got a tight end in front of me. You don't want me. that to happen again. Same thing in business, man. You got to come I come agree. correct, man. If you really, if you truly love the person across from you, man, come correct. Yeah. And just get better. You yeah, know? which so, I don't think is naturally a millennial mindset. It's crazy, right? And I, I don't – I say that generically, obviously. Right, yeah, of course. Because we're I, yeah, we're both I think millennials. that's normal, man. Like, yeah. And it's funny to see. I've got friends who are great athletes. Yeah. And – they get out and they just don't treat business the same way. Dude, it's like, so. Dude, you used to be in the gym every day. Every day. You used to be sweating. You weren't getting paid for the gym time. No. Sure, you were in college. You weren't even getting paid for that. Yeah. 
And then you get into the real world and you get paid for every minute that you work. It's like, that's not real. What a deal. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's yeah. just not like, especially in our, like being in digital marketing, digital is mm-hmm. very new to a lot of people. And yeah. I don't care how much you post on Facebook. It's very different. Yeah. People roll in here and they, and most in, in our industry, I won't throw our people under the bus, all of them, some of them for sure. You know who you are. Um, <laughs> you but, know who you are. Yeah. We'll talk tomorrow. <laughs> talk tomorrow. I might not have a job. I love but, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for now. But I mean, people don't want to put the work in. Yeah. You know? And that's and I think that's probably the biggest blessing. I'm not the smartest. I'll never be the smartest person in the room. Yeah. Ever. Like okay. if there's two people in the room, I'm not the smartest person in the room. Smartest person doesn't know very much. And I'm not. I'll, I was never. I'm never gonna be the fastest. I'm never gonna be. You know, the funniest, the best communicator. I just. That's just not who I am. Yeah. But, Early on, I learned that I wasn't the best at anything. But the thing that my mentor called out of me was, he said, you're teachable. Yeah. Oh, like, my I, God. To me, that to me that was almost offensive when I was 19. Oh, uh, okay. teachable, teachable was one of those things. Well, it's you like don't getting, know yet, but. Yeah, it's like in the participation award is what it felt yeah. like. Or like, like oh, or man, like, you're here every day. Or like you got potential. Yeah. Right? Hey, you're going to be good Shut one day. Up. And I was just like, wait a minute. But I never realized until years later, like. The, the best thing that I can learn, if I'm ever going to be great at something, mm-hmm. is not only putting the time in, but con- like you said, mm-hmm. back to all the stories, man, like constantly being willing yeah. to, one, admit fault, but learn from anybody. Like I've learned, I've learned more as much here from I have the CEO, anybody in high, as the person who's their third day, who just says oh, something, yeah. you're like, damn, did you just like pro- hit, your, hit the profound button yeah. real quick? Yeah, like why do y'all do that that way? I'm just like, well, we do it this way because... Wait, why? Huh? That's a good question. And so right. we have an intern that works here uh, periodically. His name is RJ. Shout out to RJ. Shout he's, out to RJ, man. He's a, keep grinding, bro. You, dude, this kid is not real. He's yeah. 19. Yeah. Plays soccer for MSU. Hell yeah. Um, I, I don't know his full background, but he works. He's and hungry. He's reading like two books a week. Yeah. Soccer at MSU. He was working at at least one place, maybe two. He was interning here for free for like yeah. 20 hours a week. Like. He's dating a girl. Yeah. No idea how. And just because of the time. Like, he he just, he put in work. And he's one of the greatest dudes. And he would come here every day and he would just want to know, like, hey, what can you teach me today? Yeah. And I just, I was so encouraged. This dude's 19. At 19, I was just like, I was trying to see if I could be a world champion in Madden. Ah. Uh, you know, like, and this yeah. dude's just like, I don't really have time for video games. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to keep rolling. I'm going to keep reading. I'm going to wake up. And I, I just, those kind of things I think are lost on people. Yeah, and I think like if if those things, if if it's on your heart to change some of those things, it, it's okay. Like I mean, that's awesome that RJ reads like two books a week, and uh, obviously we like having open ended conversation yeah. and stuff like that. But um, one big thing for me was like it was great for me to be in the gym every single day. I was I was that guy like man, I could never miss a workout, and it was like uh, once I started missing workouts and doing other things, you know, I went into like this whole, like, I'm not worthy. I'm just a slacker now. And yeah. I'm, and so I started to paint this picture and idolize this process. And I didn't realize that life is like, you know, just a, a huge state of like metamorphosis, you mm. know, like just changing uh, evolution. Shoot, yeah. uh, forget metamorphosis, evolution, man. And so that's not only your mind evolving, but your process evolving and, to evolve, man, you got to subtract some things and add some things or, uh, you know, subtract some things and find the equivalent for it, you know, but maybe in a different area. So, I mean, I think on top, dude, shout out to RJ, man. 
on top of you reading those books, man, just be open to to changing that and trying new things. Yeah. So I mean, whew, but yeah, if he's hungry now, man, if he's used to if he's used to getting uh, not getting paid at all, dude, he's a, yeah, he's a he's an animal. He's a big Gary V guy. Okay, yeah, dude, Gary is like. Did you watch the Hot Ones uh, interview that he, that he did? Yeah, dude, I would love to do something like that, man. Did you like, see his uh, Breakfast Club? Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I've watched it like three times. Um, dude, Gary V. What? So, what's the name of his uh, company that he has? So he has uh, the Vander, big one, Vander Media. Yeah, Vander Media. He also has Vander Sports. You know that? Is he an agent? He is an agent. Oh my god! Yo, listen to why he did this. This is this made me so mad yeah. that I wasn't in his seat and didn't get to do this. He did it because he looked around at the market. Yeah, and he realized that most of these agents. We're not in it for the right reasons. Mm. And he believed if he brought value to the equation, mm. then he would win in the long term. Yeah. Like I said in a short term it's, it's always a value question. So he's like, what happens when I sign a guy? We think he's going to be a top one or two round. Yeah. Or whatever. He's going about to get a payday. And then he tears his ACL or something. He never plays again. He said, when we commit to these guys, we're committing also to that afterward. We're yeah. going to train them in business. Yes. We're going to get them a job. Yeah. We're going to set them in our system. And I was like, oh, that's... You're investing in people in the long term. I think it pays off, even if it doesn't. The dude, benefits reach. Jay Z's doing the same thing right now. I know he's got he's like coaching these guys up. And dude, you can like if you look at the guys that, he, that he's taking in, he's taking in these guys. He's he's vetting these guys so deeply. Like he just picked up uh, Saquon Barkley, the guy. This guy's a degree. Did he really? From, yeah. He's, this guy. This guy's a running back out of Penn State, a great university. You know, he, he's he's vetting these guys and making sure they got a good head on their shoulders and all that good stuff, dude. I mean, I would have killed to have a mentor like that yeah. who's like, hey, man, you're going to sign this big check and you're going to be making $250,000. And you're 22, man. I know for a fact you, man, you have a great life on seventy five grand a year. A and, great life. Yeah, a great life. And, dude, this is like, I'm speaking from experience, man. Seventy five grand a year is awesome, you know? And so... Dude, I mean, if 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 you're open to just uh, niching yourself and uh, and putting in the work for free and just learning and uh, asking yourself that question, hey, I know I can bring value to this market. You can blow out the gate, whatever industry you want to go in. Yeah. It's all and about it a value, can't be a, and it can't be a get rich game. Oh no, no, it has to you be gotta, value. Yeah, you got to re- you got to like. I think that's the hardest part is is when you look at a business plan or you look at coming in, mm-hmm. there's always an easier way to make money. And it usually part of that equation is taking out the value part because mm-hmm. that's that's more work on you or it's a longer term game plan. But that's why I respect guys that come in and they're like, I'm, I'm, this is a 10 year plan. Like I'm going to put my life into people yeah. and just see what happens. And I think usually people get paid faster that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Facts. Um, facts, dude. Okay. So let, give me your uh, perspective on this. Um, so the whole what's big with the millennials, the flipping house game, flipping the houses, it's crazy, right? And so, um, let's just I'm uh, I'm not gearing at anyone here. I'm just going to use my own experience. So when I first got into financial planning, it was yeah to make money so I could train, right? Yeah. And then uh, I'll say I drank the Kool Aid. I realized, you know, I became convicted. You know, I saw people were in certain situations they wanted to be out of it. And I saw people who were just planning and, you know, they got to this 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 big uh, nest egg at the, for retirement. Um, so I was in love with that process and providing that feeling over and over and over for people, right? So I'm convicted. I want to help people. Yeah. So, uh, man, the thing that I think is so crazy about when the economy tanked back in 08 
was that we were selling uh, mortgages to ninjas. You know what a ninja is? Hmm. So a ninja, a ninja is someone who has no income, no job, no assets. N-I-N-G-A. No income, no job, no assets, right? So young guys want to go buy houses and flip them for money. And they figure out that they can't sell these houses because they're not emotionally convicted to putting people in homes so that they can raise a family yeah, yeah. or homes so that they can uh, uh, lead a ministry from the living room and rehab people in a, ba- in a basement, stuff yep. like that. Um, and so they weren't able to sell them. And so um, these houses that were bought up by, uh, by Fannie Mae um, were defaulting, right? And then you get the brokers who just... Um, who buy, I'm, I'm getting really into finance now, but there's these things called tranches. And tranches are basically uh, these huge dark pools of these mortgages that Fannie Mae bought and brokers from like, you know, companies like, you know, uh, Joe Schmo, broker dealer or whatever, buy these tranches and then they sell them to people like me and you who are investors mm. who are like, okay, I'll buy this and um, it'll pay me interest on a mortgage payment every single month. And then at some point I'm going to want to sell it and just want that whole mortgage uh, back yep. right? that I bought. But if, if a ninja owns this mortgage and has no job, no income, no assets, then you're not getting your money back. Right. And then, then these people, they, they get wind of that, these investors, and they don't buy these tranches. And then the economy crashes. Mm. Right. Cause Fannie Mae's the government. And the government has to go and borrow that money from somewhere if these things are, ah, it's crazy, right? What a nightmare. Yeah, it's a nightmare because people, I mean, at the at the basis of it, it's, it's because of these, we'll just say the ninjas, they're not emotionally convicted to what they're doing. Yep. And it's like, dude, if, if you're not, if money's the only thing that's driving you, if you just want to buy this dang thing, flip it so you can be rich, dude, that, that, that'll be great for like a year. Cause you're gonna get lucky, man. I, I could save this baseball mitt right now, man, just for the money. You know what I'm saying? But if I'm not, if I'm not, dude, if I'm not concerned about yep. you making that big catch one day, and then possibly getting to the majors, yeah, and sending your kid to college, dude. Yeah. Oh my god, dude, I'm not gonna sell it. That 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 definitely sells you. Yeah, that idea over, dude. This thing would be sweet. It'll look yeah. cool. It'll get me rich. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you yeah. whatever. So, dude, yeah, you got to be emotionally convicted to what you're doing, man. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. And I think it's not – I don't think you can teach that. I think you can, dude. I well, learned it. Or maybe maybe you – I was never taught it. Okay. Uh, I guess when I, I always talk about, like, teaching from, like, a like institution, uh-huh. a school, things like that. Right. I, I got, again, super privileged to watch my dad, like, make decisions behind closed doors. Right. That publicly, you're like, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. He's like, it wasn't the best move for them. Mm-hmm. And so that's been a that's been a big thing for us. Is like, yeah, if, if it if it's not if the fiduciary standard, money, yeah. right? <laughs> like, but it's it's it is difficult, man. Like dealing with millennials, yeah. these stupid millennials, dude. Okay, oh my god, yes, but dude, let's crush this, me and you, because we're, we're we can definitely do this, man. You and I. You gonna fix this right now? Yeah, we're gonna we're not fix it, but let's let's just address the whole millennial conversation. So this is actually I'm gonna rip this from this BuzzFeed video that I saw. Um, shout out to BuzzFeed. Shout out to BuzzFeed, man, because they are 
they're like a, a university to me. Yeah, a lot I of learned. sleepless nights for me because yeah. I just get it's like a rabbit trail. Bussy Blue, all this good stuff, man. I learned. Dude, I, I, shout, shout out to all the women in the world. I know how your menstrual cycles work. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> different bras and all types of stuff, dude. I should have one more wife. I'm like, listen. <laughs> I didn't see start here. <laughs> I didn't start here. I was on a world uh, star. Yeah. I was on BuzzFeed. Like I don't, I don't even know how I'm reading about this menstrual. Like I, you can check my history of the rabbit trails there. You're gonna see some stuff on the YouTube history. Yeah. It's not gonna align with our values exactly. Yeah, but it's, close, it's interesting, right? Yeah. But anyways, man. So they took no, or this this was either a BuzzFeed or a TED Talk. Anyways, um, so they looked at. Um, Time Magazine, all the way back to, uh, I think, 1961 or something like that. Um, and they, they looked at articles that that referenced baby boomers. And I think, is it Generation X or Generation Y? Always confused. Yeah, it's uh, one of those. So basically, the generations that preceded us. And, uh, dude, some of the things, some of the, the statements that they were able to pull from, that art- from those articles were... Um, lack of motivation, uh, instant gratification, uh, does not have a process, uh, uh, struggles to hold attention, entitlement issues. And these were things that they were saying about baby boomers, generation really? X, generation Y. Yeah, dude. And I, I, I almost certain this, this was a, uh, this is a Ted talk, not, not a Buzzfeed, but still shout out to Buzzfeed. Uh, this woman, she she claimed that okay it's not a millennial issue, it's just a young people issue. But the cool thing about being a young person is that it's just temporary. Yeah, you'll be an old person one yeah. day, or you'll be an older person one day. But and you find one guy who's age eighteen to thirty five who, I mean, who doesn't have entitlement issues? Yeah, for sure. That's a human. That's a human. Yeah, it just lays out. It just plays out differently. You know. Have you heard? Do you ever see Simon Sinek's video on millennials? In the no, workplace, no. It's really good. I'll send it to you. It's maybe eight minutes long, maybe it's longer. But he's just talking about how, like, in this generation, one, we have access to so much more. Generation yeah. before us, so they, they seventeen, they're, they're working in the field, or they're working, you know, in a factory, or they're working, you know, wherever, doing roofs. Mm-hmm. Very different. Yeah. And so now you can be famous by twelve on YouTube and making money. Yeah, which like is just, kudos to those guys. Yeah, super dope. So there's just a different time. But he talked about how like where millennials struggle. And he basically, he wasn't going after the millennials. He was going after the people raising them up. Mm-hmm. And he just said that they come in, millennials come in a year into a job after going to college. Mm-hmm. They're depressed because mm-hmm. their their goal was to change the world. Mm-hmm. And they didn't realize. It's going to be hard. It's going to take some time. <laughs> yeah. you know. And so I think once you break somebody in a way that they realize like, they're yeah. not a failure because it didn't happen immediately. Because yeah. yeah. people, I mean, we're also in a time where people can pop off in, you know, a few months. You know, that kid's at the Super Bowl and took a selfie with just, or, uh, Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. And, I mean, next thing he's on Ellen, like, we're always one moment from it just kind of popping off. Dude. And, yeah, finish with that. No, no, I'll just, all I'm saying is, yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to take time. It's going to take some time. Dude, and it's like, if you're on the opposite side of, not popping off right away, man. Like, uh, just gear up. It's going to be rough. It'll be depressing. And that was me, man. It was uh, my roommate. Dude, shout, shout out to my boy Cam. Uh, Cam Meredith. If you hear this, man, call me, bro. Uh, I love you. Um, dude, he uh, – Cam, Cam was like one of the poorest guys I ever knew. It was, it was crazy. 
Um, and uh, he always knew he would end up in the league, and but we all we all knew we didn't we didn't end up in the league. And uh, he signed with the Chicago Bears um, out of college. And when you come from a Division One school, yeah, you're going to go to minicamp. Okay, you're going to end up with a pro team somewhere, most likely if you were a starter, right? Um, now, whether you stick, uh, who knows? I mean, there's tons of guys out of here who go to minicamp and yeah. all that stuff, but they just get cut during training camp. It happens, right? And so, um, dude, the first-round draft pick breaks his leg. Alshon Jeffrey pulls his hamstring. Eddie Royal pulls his calf. And so you've got three guys. And then you got a bunch of uh, first-year guys on the bottom. And so – there are three main guys who were going to make the roster, went down, okay? And it falls to the, the next biggest guy, the next fastest guy, to at least just fill in the gaps yeah. for the first few games. And you go out there, man, you catch a few balls, and guess what? Now you're relevant, okay? Because, hey, you did good, but we're not going to cut you because these guys are obviously injury prone. But, dude, he popped off, right? He got in there. He blew up. That's instant. Like It was not instant because it took time. I'm not taking anything away from that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. But, uh, dude, that's just – that's just it, it's it was it was a it was a crazy circumstance. It was a it was an awesome situation that he fell fell in. But it's like not everyone's gonna get that chance. Yeah. But there's a bunch of guys who have the same talent level as him. Yeah. So if you're on the other side of that man, you have to really like step outside the situation and grade it that way. Say it exactly that way. Be like, dude, it's not because you're worth less. It's not because you're not a hard enough worker. It's not because you're not smart enough, dude. It's just like, dude, the chips just didn't fall that way for you. And how what could a, you how could you expect the reality? How could you expect it to, right? And so that's what I battled with. I was yeah. like, dude, what the hell? And it's like you get into this thing like where you can't catch a break, you can't catch a break, dude. I don't know what else was happening when that, when uh, when he got that shot. Maybe he thought he couldn't catch a break even when he caught a break. Yeah, you know. So it's like, dude, yeah, this because we're so much more aware and we can see so many things with Instagram and Snapchat. Yeah. It's just it's tough, dude. It is, man. and people and, don't realize that. And, and not not that this is a bad thing, but we're we're kind of conditioned. That you can be anything you want to be, yeah. Which, which I love. Is false. Which is I false. love the initial thought behind it. Yeah. But like, I mean, I I spent a, a good chunk of my life playing basketball, and I was dedicated in high school. I didn't have the attributes. Thought you were gonna be Kobe, huh? No. You were that guy that was yelling Kobe when you shot a paper no, no, no. ball. I was I was literally <laughs> saying JJ Redick, JJ, or Jimmer Fredette. Yo, Jimmer, was, dude. Yeah, I literally went. Shout to out to BYU. BYU. I went to a BYU game to see this fool. Of course you did. <laughs> Says he the was, pastor. Of course you did. Yeah, he was fire. <laughs> yeah, he was. He just had a jumper. He's still playing uh, oh, somewhere overseas. Yeah, but JJ, uh, he signed with uh, the 76ers, and he's getting paid, man. Hey, he's got money. That dude, my friends, I think all my friends hated him because I loved him so much. Mm-hmm. And he made it to the league. Was okay for a while. Really, mm-hmm. got, kind of got past that point where you're like, hey. You're, yeah, you're gonna either be a bench guy, yeah, or and then all of a sudden, man, whether it was the right system he was in, mm-hmm. you can't put him in any system, yeah. And he fit, and he's getting paid. He's gonna. He found his niche, and the situation, the circumstances, the the, the chips fell where he needed them to be. So that's exactly what we're talking about. Which it's, it's crazy. I mean, that's just one of those things. Like you can you. I, I think there's some value in putting everything you can into something. Yeah, but realizing when you didn't get it. You, it didn't lose everything. It's part of the process. It's part. I mean, because that's going to carry into the next thing. You talked about earlier, like you could lose everything. Everything. But you didn't lose what you've learned, what you've gone through, those experiences. And I think it's the same thing. It's always, t- it's, dude, what a time to be alive. You can always have a chance to re-up. 
just just have that mindset. What a time to be be alive, and dude, there's always an opportunity to yes. make your money back and get more. So yeah, dude, that's great. Just meet people. Yeah, <sighs> network. That's, I think that's the number one capital, man. Yeah, network is just is getting to know people, and I think once you flip that switch to where it's not about providing value so that mm-hmm. oh yeah but when you're like you know what yeah, you hit that bad boy yeah. I, some of the people i've met that's the most giving yeah and the most you know that bring the most value to the equation yeah are the people who have the least or at one point had the least because they understand it i mean just look at like aa or um or any type of uh 12-step program and the people who um i mean just when we look at science and statistics the people who retain their sobriety are sponsors People who were at the bottom, who had fallen, and their constant, their their calling is to provide a service and to keep someone else on track. But really, they're helping themselves. You know, like that's good. That ain't my doing, dude. That's just facts. Yeah, F- facts. Shout out to Twenty One Savage. F A X facts. Man, yeah, dude, just yeah. So just <laughs> have that sponsor mentality, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no, you want a twelve step program. Yeah. Come have a beer with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, I, I think, I don't know, man. I think I think you got a ton of wisdom in you. And I think you got a ton of stuff to bring to people. Yeah. We'll we'll see, man. It ain't over yet. So. Yeah. yeah. Just getting started. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to come back next week, dude. So, um, dude, if you guys are up for doing like every Thursday. Let's figure it out. I can swing that because I mean it's nothing but just blocking up a part of my schedule. Let's figure it out. So how long were we here for? Let's see. It's six forty. Dude, we hit it two hours on a dot. We're still rolling. Man. That's perfect. This is oh perfect. yeah. No, no, yeah. no. I'm just saying like we. You, you, this is like a gold mine. Yeah, I love it, dude. And dude, I'm serious. I want to put some more stuff in here, dude. Like we're gonna uh, build it out. We're gonna, we're gonna get rid of some of the stuff in here, and uh, eventually we're gonna have a podcast building. Okay. A little pub. I like that. Yeah, pub, and uh, man, I, I want to get people in here to watch. Stuff like that. Yeah, dude. man. We just we just want people. I just, I love stories like that's and we talked about this the other day. We'll, we'll kind of close out on this thought, but like Joe Rogan, yeah. I love him because he has people on there. I think the last like few podcasts, he's had someone who was far right and someone who was far left. Mm-hmm. But when he's talking, it just he's very. And you said it, and I loved it. He's very unemotionally attached. Yeah, to he's not ideas. emotionally attached as I do. I love that. Yeah, and I I almost felt convicted because I feel that same way. Yeah. Cause I was I was raised I could defend what you believe and I think that's the opposite. Yeah, dude. I think I think you should challenge what you believe. Dude, the day that we start revolting against the values that our mother and fathers inst- uh, instilled with us, inst- planted within us, yeah, that's the day that we'll truly grow. Yeah, I mean, it's just you have to really step off that ledge. I mean, I went through a time in my life, man, where uh, I questioned whether being a Christian was the right thing. Yeah, um, I almost joined uh, the Muslim nation. I still might. Who knows? Um, but dude, after going through that, oh my God, my mind is so clear. Um, it, it's even more clear. It's not so clear because I'm still convicted to these days, conflicted these days. But yeah, dude, you just gotta leave those emotions at home for your wife and that intimate conversation. That's yeah. what that's what they're meant for, dude, and for your brother, um, which which we all are. But dude, when it comes to ideas, dude, we we all come in peace. First yeah. off. But just, man, just come out here ready to just sit back and listen. Just let it roll. Unless unless we have no place for you, man. I yeah. mean, this is community, dude. It's all it's a bunch of people just putting in their ideas. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's like, 
Just a bunch of messed up people. Yeah. In a messed up world just trying to figure it out. Dude, okay, so what do you think about this? So when we when we talk about uh what we don't like, so as Americans we hate like dictatorships, yeah. uh authoritarian people and all, all this and that. Yeah. <laughs> Canada. Canada. I love like, Canada. Yeah, Canada's like the least shout out to the Montreal Alouettes for giving me my shot Heck at yeah. the pros. Um, and for giving us Justin Bieber. Whose yeah. birthday is today? Oh, shout out Beebs. Kira told I me that like 30 minutes before you got here. I have no idea why he told me. Word. Yo, I, I definitely said Bieber fever. Um, Sorry to throw you off top. Yeah, dude, no, no. All good, dude. But, dude, so that's exactly a dictator, someone who says, man, this this is my idea. I know what's best. What I say goes. It's my way or the highway. If we take that down to like a real small uh, three-person government version so a conversation or city hall meeting do we would hate it if one guy said man this is my city my conversation what i say goes yeah oh yeah so like it's like it kind of contradicts it kind of contradicts it it's like dude we don't like this we don't believe this we believe that we believe that this is un-american but we can walk into a room and say okay this is how i should go this is what's going on yeah it's like dude no yeah this is the fact yeah we like, like that word a lot yeah facts f-a-x yeah. Love that. Yeah. That's frustrating, man. Well, one, I appreciate your time. Like dude, crazy. Today. thanks for having me. I appreciate being here. I We're love gonna run this. We're going to back. Yeah. Like a lot. Yeah. And, and dude, cut this up because I know uh, I talk a lot. No, man. We'll just let it roll. <laughs> really? Yeah, dude. <laughs> These people are like, man, he talks so damn much. If people want to listen, they will. If not, they'll get what they need. Word. We'll chop it up. We'll put it out on uh, um, all over the, the social webs. And we'll put in, uh, well, I'll contact you later. We'll put in. Any links you want, if people want to hit you up about business or whatever. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and def- I'm definitely not looking for a return in that way, dude. My nah. my business, and this is recreation for me right now, dude. I love just having it is a for beer. Us too. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Dude, Um, do you guys ever get, like, so when you guys have, like, your guests on here, like, how does that go? Like, how do you guys, like, pick who your guests are and stuff we like don't. that? Really? We, we kind of, I mean, it just kind of depends on the, the time and the place, man. Sometimes I'll, I'll, uh, We'll pick them out and hit them up. Sometimes they'll hit us up and be like, "Hey, we got something we want to talk about," and then and we'll kind of do it. So we kind of started the first. The first season's been kind of just us talking about, yeah, uh, like people we like know. Have you like, guys? Uh, I think it'd be really cool to. Oh man, this would be really, uh, really testy. I think it'd be really cool to get a a troop on here. A what? A troop? Uh, a, a, oh yeah, yeah. A, not a. Well, you can't call him an airman because yeah, yeah. that's an airman's like a private in our in the yeah, army. Yeah. So, um, yeah, someone from and, the base. Yeah, so yeah, my business, I just call them all troops. Yeah, but yeah, someone from the base, like an officer or yeah. uh, they've got generals and stuff out here. But dig into some of those, like you know, things that maybe he can talk about, maybe he can't talk yeah. about. Start pressing a little bit. Yeah, or like you know, like like the whole like kneeling for the uh, like the uh, the national anthem or. It was really crazy. I, I was out with a guy. He's a pilot. He's a new pilot here. And we were having uh, breakfast over at Jimmy's Egg over here off the, on the corner. Mm-hmm. And you know they've got that <clears throat> they've got that picture in there where uh, it's like a bunch of ghosts standing next to these like tombstones. Yeah. And I looked at him. I go, hey, bro, how does that make you feel? Like when you see like those ghosts next to tombstones, like does that make you feel proud? And he goes, Nah, it just freaks me the fuck out, dude. I, I wish they'd take it down. Like yeah. that stuff doesn't look cool to me. Like I'm gonna go fly a damn fighter jet into a combat zone. I don't want to see that shit. Yeah, like, and it's just like, man, people think that, that 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 stuff's like you know, valiant and proud to be. And it's like, dude, that that guy actually does that. Yeah, and that really may be him. 
So, like, before you do things like that and you think you're going to glorify them, like, man, it's, it's the, a thing. It's the people making decisions, man, are, are rarely, they're so far removed from the reality. Yeah, dude. How many CEOs are actually in their business every day? Uh, yeah. And they're the ones making decisions. Yeah, man. So, so yeah. And that's got to be somewhat similar in the military. Yeah, dude, who knows, man. You get to a certain point and it becomes a desk job. Yo, do I hear that every day, guys? I've got guys that come in and they say, I go, so what do you want to do once you transition out of the military? Um, and he goes, dude, definitely not sitting a job. I came in as my, my specialty, my MOS or my AFSC was, I was an electrician or I was a, a crew chief or something like that. And dude, now I'm just sitting back. I'm just coordinating the junior airmen and coordinating flights. And I hate it. My hips are tight, this and that. I don't get out the office. Yeah. So I got one of my boys just hit me up uh, 25 minutes ago, man. He's a finance officer. On base here, he's a he's a, a second lieutenant, but he, I mean, he doesn't seem like he's very happy sometimes because it's just straight head, it's straight ahead, man. Sometimes it's yeah. it's just it's extra hours, and it's just sometimes not what we signed up for. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll have beers sometimes. I'm sure we'll have some beers tonight, but he'll just be like, oh man, I hated it. Yeah, I hated it. So I might do save some money up. Your commitments, you got four years left. Uh, I think it's, it costs like thirty grand to open up H and R Block, <laughs> start a franchise, <laughs> we'll open a franchise. Seriously? Yeah, dude. So things like that. Yeah, man. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for having me, dude. dude we're gonna do it again. Yes. This is enjoyable. Yes, this I feels love like it. what it was last week. We just recorded it. Yeah. And it was a little longer. Yeah. Because we had time. We set aside time. That's the only reason why. <laughs>